It's a little early for her nap. Let's do this thing. Okay. How's it going, eh? It's going okay. That's good. That's good. We are going to do a shorter show. Uh, <laughs> that show being, of course, it's just called Two Brothers. Uh, that's the name of the show. I am Marcus. I'm James. Hooray. You got it right. And in the beginning <laughs> this time. It's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing feat for us. It's like us, we have cold people. opens that just go on and on and <laughs> longer and longer. And then eventually it's just at, at the, the end, end of the of show. The show oh, hey, bye. There, uh, I feel like there were a couple of movies uh, in the 90s or early 2000s where they didn't do the credits at all till the end? Mm. Wasn't there, there's one or two. Well, lots of them in the early days of film mm-hmm. were, were like that. Mm. You know, they, I mean, they'd do a title card, but right. but they wouldn't do credits until the end. Sure. Or they would only do them in the beginning, yeah. and then they would just be at the end. Right. Uh, 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 lots of uh, 30s and 40s films. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I think Casablanca was probably like that, mm. as I recall. But definitely a lot of uh, film noir things. This big, huge, dramatic swell of orchestra, and then... It would just be lists of of people and, mm-hmm. and and crew. Yeah, but then you with those they would show the title and then just very minimal credits compared to now, especially. Mm. But um, it'd be just like the main characters, you know, <laughs> right. at the beginning, and then you have to <laughs> remember. Oh, okay, Humphrey Bogart's playing Jack. <laughs> yes, I don't. You probably didn't need reminding after a couple of his movies, but well, not for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if they show like twelve people, yeah, you know, or uh, or two pages worth of, I, I know I'm thinking of like some of those uh, Mary Queen of Scots or, or those types where sure. it was like Sir Cedric <laughs> L- Lance Word uh-huh. played Lance Cedric Word. <laughs> and then, you know. Smedley, <laughs> like, Smedley. Yeah. <laughs> ultimate British stereotypical name uh-huh. played other stereo- <laughs> ultimate British stereotypical yeah. name. Like, who is what? Which, which, who are the characters and who are the actors? They yeah. all sound the same. Sorry, British people. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the sea epics mm-hmm. where it's this smashing score in the beginning and then it quiets way down <laughs> and you're probably not even on a ship when it opens <laughs> right uh, you haven't seen ready player one yet oh no the, the, the film no 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 I'll, I'll have to film. i'm sure i'll have to see it at uh uh at home oh. on the home theater oh okay yeah. oh that doesn't make it very timely for our eager listeners <laughs> i'm sure everybody wants to hear his rant again about <laughs> you, you know um, beating this dead horse okay <laughs> moving on Hey, what's you, the deal? Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I um, I found uh, Frank Chimero's m- music's uh, sorting system, uh, organization system, the, hmm. like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, man, do I like it! <laughs> it is the most anal retentive um, organizing system you could possibly think of for music. For music that you own or music to listen to? Music to listen to, in a, uh, specifically on Spotify. But it, Sort of like it, a playlist building? Yeah, it would work for anything else, but it's basically, mm-hmm. it's, it's playlist-centric. Okay. So what you do is, <laughs> what he does, he's got um, playlists going back for several years based on the year. So he's mm-hmm. got a 2016, 2017, 2018 playlist, or set of playlists, rather, right? Mm-hmm. And then within that folder, if you like is one for the year itself where you just sort of put everything that is really good that you listen to that's new. So everything that comes out in 2018 that you dig goes into that. And then uh, he, he does like a, 
a short list at the end of the year with maybe one track from every album that he found mm. that was, you know, particularly good. Yeah. But then the big year list of just everything gets dumped in that you sort of want to hear again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I'm treating it anyway. Uh, that's I, That could be two, three hundred, four hundred songs. Who knows? And then you have, he, he does like a, a playlist diary month to month. Wow. So January, February, March, April, he'll um, put everything in that just sort of hits him day to day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter when it comes. So something that you just think of that you want to hear, you know, that sort of goes into the diary. Or when you're out and you uh, sound hound or what you call it, what's the other one? Shazam, uh, a, a track. Uh, in some store you're in you're like oh that's that song that sort of goes in there or in his example he listens he listened to a, a quincy jones track like 50 times in a row or something <laughs> so yeah it's a it's really good and uh, has been making a huge difference um in the way i sort of <laughs> run through the chaos of my music listening <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's been a bit random before and haphazard yeah uh, i lose track of things so this is uh, this has made it a lot easier. I just dump everything that's yeah, good. new into the big list and don't worry about stuff that's one off. Like, um, oh, what did I hear the other day? Oh, I I started thinking about Billy Squire for some reason. <laughs> no, 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 not for some reason. It was because I read an article about the terrible drum snare drum sounds from the nineties. Ah, uh-huh. which uh, that was a that was a real thing. Uh, so many bands <laughs> use this gross like sort of bongy like, <laughs> snare sound yeah boom, it was at the boom boom with the, with the gated but after that after that oh after that okay. 80s trend then this new thing came with this really thin un uh what you call it what are the wires underneath the snare drum snares those are snares oh, those are snares okay mm-hmm. um wow that's embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> so um, the snare drum has snares. <laughs> right. So the snares uh, loose, right? So they're not yeah. um, giving you that extra uh, high end rattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's literally just a bong, you know? So there's a, there's a switch. You can, you can mm-hmm. turn the snare on. It's, it's like a lever. Yes. And they, um, it tightens the, the snares up against the bottom drum head. Right. And so you get that full rattle and then you can turn in the snare off. Uh, to the off position and it lowers them away from the drum head so you just get a like a tom-tom sound yeah uh, and then some places you can tighten or loosen uh, some places some drums you can tighten or loosen individual snares uh, to make them more or less sure. on the drum head and so forth when you flip the switch we'll, we'll put a couple of examples here of uh, hmm. off and on it has what is called a throw-off or the snare throw-off which when you depress it down it pulls the snare strands off so that it sounds more like an open drum rather than a snare drum when you put it on. There you go. So yeah. that article made me think of the really cool sort of drum sound in Billy Squire's early work, hmm. <laughs> the seminal work of Billy Squire, <laughs> um, which don't, don't get me wrong, I really like it. I, I think it's great. It was one of the best. Uh, sort of enduring sounds I thought of the 80s there was a lot of you know things that are stuck in their time and that that sort of transcends that in my opinion there's a lot of hard rock stuff insert uh, appropriate clip uh yeah
So there you go. Yeah, there, there it is. I mean, you want to hear more of that. Well, one might. One does. Um, <laughs> but you had something you wanted to share. What is it? Oh, uh, well, we were talking about maybe we should do a little music, at least a little music, for each of our shows or most of our shows. I mean... Since we're, you know, kind of like fans of music <laughs> in general. I mean, it's literally uh, your job. <laughs> that's true. So I had mentioned, uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, We I, I mentioned a piece uh, by Eric Whitaker. Mm-hmm. in our previous music share of the, the Seal Lullaby. Yeah. Uh, but I first found out about him through a band recording, a band composition uh, called Ghost Train. And uh, it was a big hit instantly, uh-huh. and I think it is aptly named. It's uh, he, he, he really hit it, the nail on the head with figuring out how a full symphonic band can make train sounds, right. as well as give the impression of, of movement on a train. And it's really cool. I like it. Insert <laughs> clip. I think, if I'm uh, getting this correct, he started with that piece, and then either he had it in his head to make more, but didn't know if he if he was ready for the, for a full-scale multi-movement piece, or it was really popular, and somebody said, you should do more, and then he transformed it into uh, three-movement work. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Except I am sure, because uh, since recording with Marcus, I looked up Eric Whitaker's personal account of when he wrote Ghost Train as a student at University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. And after the premiere, he wrote the second and third movement a year later. So the first movement um, can stand alone as its own piece called Ghost Train, but then it is part of the larger Ghost Train triptych. Right. Uh, I will put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool piece. And uh, it, it works really well as a standalone uh, piece and certainly an introduction to his, to his works, but mm-hmm. uh, very different from his choir pieces. Right. And that's interesting to me as well, that he's uh, that good of a composer or that versatile of a composer Did you say, have uh, such varying styles. I wasn't paying attention. Did you? <laughs> did you? Uh, which is odd for this show. Um, did he compose this specifically for orchestra? I believe he composed it specifically for band. Okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't sound like it could be a choir piece, but... Um, no, it isn't. Okay. It, it sort of reminds me a bit of um, uh, Cloudburst, ah, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. the you know the choir is uh, they sort of snap their fingers yeah. to mimic rain and stomp their feet for thunder mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you have the the drum with the imitating the the, the train, 
chuffing. That's he, he likes to throw things like that and textural things in. Yeah, almost the onomatopoeia mm-hmm. of uh, the music world. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. <laughs> Quite cool. <laughs> and by what? cool, we mean totally uncool, but... <laughs> well, it'll become cool because we're sharing it here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Arbiters of taste, we... <laughs> Speaking of sharing things, uh, you, you came back with one that you wanted to share also, also actually, two pieces. By whom? Well, I, I really want to talk about Sloan and their new album, 12, which is the 12th studio album uh, of their career. And, of course, it has 12 songs on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm way too close to it right now. I'm, I'm just obsessed with it. And, uh, oh, yeah, just a little teaser, then. It would take... Uh, maybe. Um, let's not spoil it. Let's just do it. I, I really want to do a deep dive in it, uh, because enough. Sloan deserves a, sort of a, a closer look in general. Well, let's, let's hold off. What I... What I wanted to share, maybe... <laughs> For a quick share. Quick share was uh, the new Y Oak album, which I also really like. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is also fantastic. I don't know I don't know that band. Is Y Oak a person's name? No. Or... It's, it's a... Um, I think it's a, a colloquial name for, for oak tree, mm. like a white oak tree. Um, but that for, it's just known as a Y Oak. I'm not sure what the origin of the name is. Mm-hmm. It's a, they're a duo, um, drums and guitar, most basically. It, that's that's kind of how they started, and then they incorporated more electronic elements um, along the way. But Andy Stack, the drummer, will um, play a sort of... Uh, bass line on the synth while he's drumming. So he does double duty there. And then uh, Jen Wasner is the singer and guitarist. They just sort of layer their things on in studio. So it's really rich sound. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I've never seen them live. So I don't, I don't know how they pull it off. So, I mean, enough yapping. I'll just play the thing. Um, the louder I call, the faster it runs. Yeah. <laughs> and anything particular about that piece? It does remind me, I, I mentioned, sort of struck me as a, um, almost like the incidental music to Real Genius, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Thomas Newman score. That's right. Um, it's sort of, um, what do you call it? Um, I don't know if I'd connect it with a phrase or anything, but Y Oak... Um, is heavily influenced by sort of uh, indie pop, uh, dream pop. I mean, shoegaze a little bit. I guess they all fall together. This is new music. It's not from the late 80s, early 90s. No, this is this year, just a a month or two ago. Um, But they, uh, I don't know if you know dream pop bands. No. It's sort of, um, it tends to be ethereal, uh, female-voiced a lot of times, uh, those those kinds of eerie harmonies. It it's uh, supposed to evoke a sort of uh, psychedelic disorientation in a way. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Cocteau Twins 
would be a, a sort of example. I've, I've seen the name, I believe, but I don't have any idea what the music was like. Uh, people might know that Liz Fraser, the driving force behind that mainly, you know, the, the singer, um, her vocal for the Massive Attack track, uh, Teardrop, which, uh, which they used as the title track for House. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clip. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So every, okay. uh, I, most people know that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can hear that a little bit of a similarly, um, I don't know, trippy is the word that comes to mind. Mm. So it's a little um, um, meditative almost, trance-like. Yeah. Just kind of moves and carries you along with it. Um, that track is uh, that track is really good, the title track. And the other one I really like among, you know, a general like of the album is called Symmetry. Here you go. Good stuff. I like that one a little bit better. It seems a little more, um, well, it didn't, it didn't remind me of like, you, you know, I asked you specifically if it was eighties music, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, uh, the louder I call, um, yeah. reminded me, I would have just been perfectly fine to, to know that they were right alongside Duran Duran or, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not that they are the, like those bands, but just right. in that genre, it seems. It's a little abstract, I think to, to be, in the same mode as 80s music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, that it, it, sort of vague lyrics is a hallmark of, of dream pop. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be um, sort of evocative and, and uh, me- did I say meditative? Maybe. The trance yeah, like more again. More like B-side work. Drone-like <laughs> in a way. Sort yeah. of, uh, it sort of lulls you. By being um, a bit disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was really good. I was reminded. Um, I put a note about this 
uh, one of my favorite bands of all time is King's X. Yeah. Which is as as different as you could imagine from that, obviously. And um, by King's X, uh, the X. What about it? Stands for. I. It's just cross. a. It's just a term. Um, yes. It's not specifically a thing. They just. Wow. Uh, I forget I what the origin of it. Many decades ago, it was King's Cross. Yeah, it's not. That's not it. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> I've been betrayed by my memories. <laughs> by, by my ignorance originally. That's what it is. <laughs> by my memories of your ignorance. Okay, I'm off the hook. <laughs> Yeah, it's um. They played. I don't. I don't know why they're touring. They're just touring for some reason. They don't have a an album behind it. But um, they came to town and did two shows. You know, at sort of uh, <laughs> various ends. You know, one south of me and one north of me. I think, hmm. um, or two north of me maybe. Uh, but at, but at different you know ends of the city. And uh, I just I really really love them, and I didn't feel like going to see them. So mm-hmm. why not? Why wouldn't I go see I, one of my favorite bands? I don't know. Sometimes you just uh, aren't in the right uh, right place to just pop out to a concert. Hmm. It's possible. Like me, not able to see Ready Player One in the theater, probably. <laughs> well, I just um, I'm uh, maybe I'm going through a phase of uh, a, a bit of disillusionment, or um, the whole uh, thing about nostalgia, right? That we generally do. Um, I'm wary of getting too caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen King's X um, many years ago in L.A. at the, where did I go? Not the Paramount. Some, uh, some name like that. Um, <laughs> if, I think, if I recall, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, yep. And it was amazing. They were really, really good. They're a fantastic live band. Mm. Like, just stellar. Um, <laughs> but but maybe I don't want to mess with that, I, I was thinking. I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, you know, Rush came by several times and I saw them, what, three times, um, mm. early on in my fandom. Um, yeah. and I just didn't like paying a hundred dollars or more yeah. to see them, even though, you know, I'd still really do like them. I hear that. It's, <laughs> it's not the kind of experience that I want to shell out that much for. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if I ever would have really, but, uh. I would have been too poor. Anymore, um, it's really difficult, uh, not difficult, there's always, when I think about going to an event, mm-hmm. let's say football, as far as the game experience, but the, it's so expensive, yeah. and there's parking and all, all that stuff, and it's <laughs> like, you know what, it would be better on TV. <laughs> right. the, the, the TV experience, and it is this way for, for a lot of movies too, a lot of films, um, it's like, it's just as good at home, and sporting events is, is a lot of times it's better at home if you can avoid the esprit de corps, the the spirit of the occasion of being in a crowd uh-huh. and and enjoying sort of the, the the atmosphere. If that's what you're going for, that's cool. Sure. And uh, and a great experience, you know, certainly. But if you don't need that, then you know, watching it on TV is is way better. Yeah. You know, because of the replays and the refrigerator nearby, it's not charging you eight dollars for a bottle of water <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, uh, the concert videos that they put out, certainly Rush puts out some great ones. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a great home stereo system. It's pretty darn good. Yeah, it really is. There's something about being in the crowd, but it, it can be ruined by a crappy crowd. Yeah. Or even just one crappy person beside you. Right, right. This <laughs> is ruined experience. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I... um I would rarely want to take a chance with someone I'd seen before, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I don't need to see them over and over and over again. And as the catalog gets bigger, it's like, ah, I've already seen this stuff. I just want to go home now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, hey, do I want I, to sit through four <laughs> warm-up bands too? <laughs> um, I remember the King's X thing. It's basically, um, it's, it's like when you're uh, kids, kids do it. You cross your fingers and... They say King, like we didn't do this in our region, oh, but it was oh, a regional thing. King's X, and it's like uh, yeah. you're untouchable. Yeah, no, no, no tags, right? Something like that. I don't know why they picked it, but um, it kind of got confused with a, uh, the Christian thing that they were associated with, uh, you know, being a Christian act, uh, although they're not. <laughs> because of the King's X, King's Cross, at sort the, of. At the time, somebody. they were believers. Um, one or two of them may still be. Uh, I know Doug isn't in the same way, at least. He's not a not particularly a Christian. And because they wrote about faith occasionally, uh, uh, they got put in a box. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> that they didn't really want to be put in. Insert uh, a clip of Cartman doing his faithless one. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrilege. Oh, man. Who doesn't remember? The body of Christ, sleep, swim his body of mustard up and tone. body of Christ, oh, what a body, I wish I could call it my own. Whenever I see Jesus up on that cross, I can't help but think that he looks kind of hot. We just had one question, though. We were looking over some of your lyrics. Uh, I want to walk hand in hand with Jesus on a private beach for two. I want him to nibble on my ear and say I'm here for you. It seems you really love Christ. Yes, we sure do. No, but it, it appears you are actually in love with Christ. <laughs> oh, we really need the explicit tag. <laughs> yeah, for some of those. So yeah. Anyway, that was a it was a it was a strange realization, and it ties in really to the uh, problems that I'm sort of feeling with things like Ready Player One, as as Gen X goes into baby boomer stage <laughs> where we're the old dudes who don't get it. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fear that there will be more of that and that will sort of devolve from being cynical about the state of things now to being cynical about the state of things now. That's, that makes sense. I, I mix it up. I think I get you. Cynical about the state of things then, when we were young, to being yep. cynical about the state of things now when we're old. That's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. For. Hey, it's not going to happen to me. I am woke AF. <laughs> it can be both. You can be woke and cynical. <laughs> well, um, that's why I'm cynical. Because, <laughs> because again, I am woke AF. Right. That's the that's the central danger of nostalgia, right? A bit of it can really enhance and improve your life. Uh, too much of it, and you 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 run the risk of ignoring things, you know, that 
I don't know, you should want to change or, um, you know, not to, not giving things a chance, just uh, sort of running over the old familiar stuff in your life again and again and again. Or making other <laughs> yeah. people do it. That's what, you know, Ready Player One is, right? We're stuck in his version of true. <laughs> what yeah. the 80s were. Mm-hmm. That's true. It just coincidentally was uh, yep. what we were experiencing as well. Exactly. <laughs> I am, speaking of being stuck on things, <laughs> I need to wrap it up anyway, yeah. so... Uh, people have uh, other people to see, things to do. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, possibly one other person. Uh, oh, uh, for those of you that didn't hear... The, the part of the show where I where we paused it and I went <laughs> went out uh, into the the front to sell off a subwoofer that has been sitting in the garage um, that happened so there's another person coming to uh, at some point today possibly to uh, to buy another piece of uh, garage memorabilia <laughs> yes. and that's been sitting out there selling off the pieces of your broken life what is that what's that that's a lyric for something mm. something something the pieces of my broken Love or something? Wow. I have to look that up now. Yeah. Uh, the music of our past. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, God. It's uh, literally time to end the show. Oh, that's a good thing that music just started. <laughs> <laughs> well, another, <laughs> another uh, 30-ish minutes of your time has been wasted, as uh, Kartaka is used to say. Uh, <laughs> um, I have been Marcus. I am James. Um, it is a thing that you can reach us at ijc2bs at gmail.com. Or you can send us an email at bros at it's just called two brothers.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Either about way. That. Either way. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, um, I'm, see, I'm living in the past. Literally, <laughs> just last year. <laughs> um, a, a Twitter patient can be made at IJC2B. You can take uh, the, the guy out of the Usador, but you can't take Usador out of the guy. Um, <laughs> Does somebody call Tusador? <laughs> um, today's post makes it 100 in a row on my blog. Hey, good for so, you. Small, big sm- small celebration. <laughs> <laughs> you blog every day, speaking of, of whom. <laughs> good save, at, good save. At MarcusHarwell.MarcusHarwell.com? Com. It's come. Okay. You blog every day at MarcusHarwell.com. <laughs> <laughs> Worst credits ever. Oh, I thought they were okay. <laughs> <laughs>